Talking about pain is only useful if we know what to do when we've been talking about it. Right? I have no interest in actually bringing up pain and having people talk about pain and then leaving people stuck in pain. So welcome back. This is um, part four of the Navigating Pain series brought to you as part of Grounded Moments. Um, and today we're going to specifically dive in and talk about four steps to take to get us out of the pain that we're in, to move us from a place of disconnection with people to a place of being able to connect and be open to connection. Right? If you've missed any of the previous three episodes, I really want to encourage you to go back and watch them before jumping in and watching this video. It'll make a lot more sense um, if you've been following along the whole way and actually have some language for the pain that we've been talking about that we're going to lean into today. So if you've been with me through this whole journey and have been able to identify what your pain experience is, whether it's more internally oriented that the experiences say something about you or the more externally oriented it feels like it says something about the safety and trustworthiness of the relationships around you. And you can actually have some language for that. And you've begun to open your mind a little bit to this recognition that we need to be able to shift from a place of reactivity to a place of empathy, which opens us to connection, and to shift from a place of survival mode to a place of empowerment that I can make choices and there's things that I can do. And so we're recognizing that those are the shifts that we need to be able to make if we're going to be good leaders and if we're going to be good parents. And in order to make those shifts, there's four steps that I'm going to walk us through today about what to do. We're going to talk about owning your pain. We're going to talk about recognizing what you do to cope with your pain. We're going to talk about grounding yourself in something bigger, so finding something bigger. And we're going to explore that and talk about what that means. And then we're going to talk about the fourth thing, which is living out of that something bigger. Uh, so we're going to walk through all four of those things uh, today. So stick around with me. Um, I think this will be really helpful for you. So the first step in actually getting out of pain is being able to own your pain. We have to be able to name it. We have to be able to talk about it. Uh, I tell my clients all the time, if I don't know the task at hand, if I don't know the project that we're working with, how in the world are we going to have the, know which tools are the right tools? Right? If I'm rebuilding something in my yard, I use very different tools than if I'm building something inside my house. And using a rake inside my house, not going to be all that helpful. But I need to know what it is that we're dealing with. You need to know what it is that you're dealing with in order to be able to move forward. So this is, I unpacked this a lot more in the first video. So if you haven't watched it, go back and watch that. We're really looking at how do you put language on your pain, either the internal experience of it having something to do with your identity or the external experience of it having something to do with safety and relationship. The first step that we need to do is to be able to own it and name it and see it. And when we do, we recognize it for ourselves. We also share it with others. This is beginning to move us towards some connection and intimacy and openness to others by being able to share with others the pain that we're experiencing. So if you don't have language for your pain yet, I want you to go back and watch video one and see if that'll help you get a little bit of language for it. Um, if you have some language, we're going to be ready to then move to the next step. So step two is, is being able to recognize what we're doing to cope with our pain. Right. We talked about in video one that when we, when we have predominantly internal identity-oriented experience with pain, we tend to cope with that by shaming ourselves and just beating ourselves silly. Or we blame others and we get really reactive against others and shifting the blame to them and being really critical and really snarky. 
Um, and if we have more externally oriented pain, right, it feels like untrustworthy, not safe, people aren't reliable, um, bad stuff's going to happen, I'm uneasy, we tend to cope with that pain by either taking control and leaning in and performing and taking over, or we go completely the other direction and we back out, we escape, we give up. So the second step in navigating through this pain is being able to recognize what you do to cope. Now, I want, I want to clarify something, that not all of our coping behaviors look bad. Right? Actually, there are many of our coping behaviors that look helpful. Right? We're trying harder. We're digging in deeper. We're taking over projects that would otherwise fail. Um, parents trying harder to control their families can look really good. Um, and, and please don't hear me to say that stop trying. No, I, I'm what I'm looking at is when we are in pain, whatever we do from that place of pain actually will only cause disconnection. It will help us survive, right? We've learned many of these coping skills at some point in our lives that allowed us to survive or allowed us to move forward, but they aren't helpful when it comes to building relationship. So when we're thinking about being parents and pastors and leaders, needing to be open to connecting with others, we have to be attentive to the ways that we cope with our pain. In our minds are helpful, but from a relational standpoint, they actually cause disconnection. Right? I might, be, I, I might have critiques to offer people that would help them along the way. If I'm doing that from a place of connection and groundedness, that's very helpful. If I'm doing that because I'm feeling out of control and I'm feeling in pain, that does not come across the same way. So we're needing to be attentive to the first step is we need to own our pain. The second step is being able to look at what do we tend to do when we're in that pain? Do we shame? Do we blame? Do we take control? Do we bail and escape and leave people hanging? What is it that we do to cope? Right. So for me, my first step, the pain that jacks me up every single time is when something, the world, someone, the situation feels unfair. That's the language I put on it. It feels unfair. When I feel powerless to do anything about it, I just go, this is unfair, can't do a thing, I'm screwed. Because then where that leads me is going, I failed. I'm a failure. I should have preemptively known what to do. I should have done something to not be in this situation. I have failed. So my first step is being able to own, this is the pain that I'm experiencing. This is how I name it, unfair, powerless, failure. That's my pain, I have to own it. The second step is being able to really recognize what I do in my pain. And for me, um, there's really three primary things that I do. One, I get angry, but it looks at like a lot of different levels, anything from internal anger to passive aggressive to like indignant and now I'm pissed off, right? I get angry. Um, I, I actually get really um, manipulative, which looks like control and empowerment if I'm grounded in a good place, but I'm doing it for myself. I'm trying to like, I end up over-involving myself, I end up micromanaging things. Um, I take over in this manipulative way that seems like it's for others' benefit, but actually I'm just doing it for myself. Or the third thing that I do is I, would, I will bail, I will escape, I will drift off into fantasy land and think about better jobs and better people and better families and where do I want to be that's not here because that all seems better and I will just escape into some other place. Right? So that's my first step and that's my second step. We've got to have language for it. Language doesn't change us, but language sets us up to be able to walk into some changes. Okay? So that's the first step and the second step. The third step 
is we have to find something bigger than our pain. This step is a big deal. We can swim in pain all the time. We will be drowning in pain if we cannot find something bigger that is going to ground us, that is going to center us. There's a lot of different ways to describe it, right? We can talk about finding our core selves. We can find identifying something bigger that's outside of the pain that can ground us, becoming grounded, becoming centered, settling. There's a lot of different language we can use. But what we're talking about is we need something that feels as big as the pain. Right? When I feel like the world is unfair, man, that feels enormous. And saying something like, you're a nice guy, maybe it's true, but it doesn't hold water next to that pain of life is unfair. I don't care if I'm a good, nice guy. Life is unfair and I feel powerless and I feel like a failure. Don't you go tell me I'm a nice guy. I need a truth. I need something that grounds me that is equally as strong and equally as powerful as the pain that I'm feeling. In the process of finding those grounding, bigger truths, core self, this is a bit of a journey that we're going to have to go on. This is a place I often recommend getting resources, getting help. Find a therapist. Let them help you navigate through this um, because it, it can be hard. Um, it actually took me quite a while to land. I had to try different truths on and go, I think this is the bigger one. And then I got in pain and I'm like, no, this doesn't mean anything and it didn't work. And then I'm mad and go, yeah, because this wasn't actually bigger and I thought it was bigger. So we're looking for something that's bigger. And, and really, th there's three sources for where we're going to find a bigger truth, a bigger experience, a bigger reality than our pain. Um, other people's voices in our lives, our own inner voice, or a, our spiritual source. Right? Other people say things about us. We have internal things that we know are true about us. We have a spiritual source that speaks things over us. And the journey of finding what that bigger truth is, this is very, very personal. There are no two people whose pain looks exactly the same. And therefore, there's no two people whose bigger truths are going to look exactly the same. Sometimes we might have some overlap, but they're going to be really, really specific. Right? So for me... I guess I'll give you an example that the truths, this bigger truth, right? This something deeper for me than the pain when I feel that things are unfair, I'm powerless, and I'm a failure because I should have known it, should have seen it coming, I should have done something. And I get angry, and I, I manipulate, micromanage, and I escape. The truth that I have to grab a hold of that is bigger than this is one, all my feelings are valid. This is important for me. I, I have spent a lot of time having my feelings invalidated, going like, it doesn't make sense. Why would you feel that way? Just turn off your feelings. And I actually have to stop and tell my feelings, okay, you're valid. Um, you might not be helpful. Um, you might not get me anywhere, but you're valid. Like you, you get to exist because life can be hard, and actually that does look really unfair. And you actually kind of are in a powerless position. So let me just validate you for a moment that you're not crazy what you're feeling makes sense. So I have to validate this. So that, that's actually the first really big thing for me is what I'm experiencing is valid. The second thing is I do have to remind myself that I am good enough. And that enough word is key for me. Not I'm a good guy. Not a, Because I can actually give you some pretty clear examples of moments when maybe I haven't been good or haven't been a good husband or haven't been a good pastor or haven't been a good therapist. I can give you those moments. And so the, the truth for me is that I am good enough. 
I'm a good enough husband to open myself to connection. I'm a good enough therapist. I'm a good enough pastor. I'm a good enough man. I'm good enough. And then the third truth for me that sits bigger is the truth that I'm brave. That even when things are unfair, even when I feel powerless, I'm still at my core an incredibly brave person. I can look back in moments when I could have run, when I could have left, when I could have not done hard things. And at my core, I know that I am a brave person. Now, those are my truths. And from the position of having those truths, it actually sounds, oh, yeah, like, okay, we can do this. I'm telling you, finding those truths is hard. Right? And I actually want to do something with you for a moment to see if I can actually help you get in touch with some of these deeper truths that you have for yourself that you might be looking for. And I want you, even just where you are, take, take a deep breath, settle back in your chair, take a deep breath, and I want you to imagine, I want you just to think about like a moment or a situation or a place or something you did that you're like, this was like the best version of me. This was my kick-ass self. This was the fullness of me, right? Pulled back from any restraints. Maybe you went on a trip somewhere. Maybe you came through for someone. Maybe you set a goal and you overcame it and you climbed a mountain and you're on the top and you're having this experience of yourself of going, that's me at my best. I want you to... to Pause for a moment and allow yourself to be drawn to this memory, to this place that is you at your best. This is your best self. This is you on your best day. All of your strengths and attributes on display. And I want you just to, to examine it, to look at it in your mind's eye. To notice what it felt like for you to be in that moment to notice what posture you were standing or sitting with and how you were engaging the world and the people you were with in that moment. I want you to just watch that scene for a minute. And as you do, I almost want you to imagine that, that out of this scene pops a couple word bubbles. Just kind of float to the surface that these are word bubbles that, that looking at the scene, these are words that capture the core of who you were in that moment. Right? Maybe, maybe for you that, that's the experience of being an overcomer and you overcame something. Maybe that's a moment for you where you just knew you were so deeply loved or chosen or cared about. Maybe it's a moment when you face something hard and you were able to make a choice. And this truth about you is that you're able to make choices. I want you to watch that scene and allow what does this scene say about who you are at your very core of your being? I want you to watch that. Just allow that to come up. And then I want you to almost imagine that you're sitting there in your room and you in your chair, you can almost kind of put yourself in that bad day, right? That pain place. For me, it's unfair, powerless failure. And I can just feel it, and it gets in my body, and I just start to do this. Just kind of put yourself in that place. And I want you to imagine you're in your pain, and sitting next to you was this your best self on your best day. And I almost want you to imagine if your best self was able to show up 
in a moment when you were deep admired in your pain. And your best self wanted to remind you, not of something flippant, not of something light of going, hey, you'll get through this, you'll be all right, you're a good guy. Not, not something trite, not something informational. But if that best self was to call you back to who that part of you knew you to be, in that moment when you overcame that situation, in that moment that you imagined just a bit ago, if your best self could call you back and say, hey, remember, remember this about you. Remember how loved and cared about you are. Remember how special you are and how much you have to offer. And remember how much courage you're able to lean into. Hey, remember, God's got your back. Remember, what is it that your best self would invite you to remember? And now we're getting closer to something bigger and something deeper that we can grab a hold of when we're in the midst of our pain. Because that's going to be that third step, is finding that something bigger. The fourth step is the simplest of all steps. When we are able to own our pain, when we're able to acknowledge what it is that we do to cope with that pain in a way that causes disconnection, when we're able to find something bigger and deeper, a grander truth, something more core to our own being than even the pain, we can do that. Now we get to say, what would that person do? What would that guy do? What would that gal do? What? That me, that best self, me grounded in that truth. And I can tell you this. So I sit and go, I, I feel unfair. This feel, I feel powerless. I feel like I'm failing. I get angry in a variety of ways. I get manipulative and I escape. The truth about me, this bigger, deeper truth at the core of who I am is that my feelings are valid. I don't got to pretend them away. I'm good enough and I'm a brave person. And because I'm valid, I'm good enough and I'm brave. What is it that that guy does? And I'll tell you, when I'm grounded in those truths of who I am, I care for other people well, and I get really curious. And so when we're able to make that shift into being grounded in who we are, typically we're going to find ourselves doing one of a couple of things. I want to draw your attention to it. Um, in that fourth step of doing something different, that something different is going to typically look like leaning into relationship and opening ourselves up with vulnerability. It's going to be a bit of a risk. We're going to lean in. We're going to try some. You can't do that when you're in pain. So when you're able to make that shift, this is going to lean in and be open and be vulnerable. We're going to lean in with empathy and curiosity. We're going to actually want to know what the other person's experience is. We're going to nurture others and we're going to value ourselves. That that in some combination of those things, those are typically the behaviors when we're grounded and we're able to lean into connection. We're empathetic, we're vulnerable, we care about other people, and we value ourselves and are able to hold all of those in the same place. So I hope walking through this has been helpful just to give you an idea of what the process is of getting out of pain. Um, if you have questions, I'd love to be helpful. You can contact me through my website. Some of us may be able to navigate this journey through pain ourselves. Some of us might need a little help. There is nothing wrong with that. I, I benefited from a ton of help on my own journey, figuring out how do I navigate through pain. And now I get to practice it. But sometimes getting to that place of being ready to practice it 
uh, can need a little bit of help. So listen to these videos a few times, get them into you, practice them, be kind to yourself. Let's be people who are aware of the pain we're in so that we can navigate through that pain to remain open and available to care for and to lead and to parent the people who are in our world. Take care.